It's the Morning Blitz. What is this, amateur hour? Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central on 1025U Rock and the Rocking M app. Continuing on a Wednesday morning, unfortunately, Jay Bradley has not made into studio, so we'll see if he shows up here in the next five minutes or so, but that's all right. We'll keep rolling along. And while you were sleeping, there was news for the second night in a row. You know, I wake up and see there's news in the sporting world that happens while I was sleeping. Two nights ago, of course, James Harden traded finally from the Sixers to the Clippers, which I could care less about in the NBA. And then last night you had the Raiders fire head coach Josh McDaniels and also their general manager moving on. And the stat that stands out the most ridiculous to me that I read that this will this is in the last 20 years the Raiders have had 12 different head coaches. I mean, they cannot find any type of consistency. And let me tell you, that that's the thing that's crazy, you know, think about for example the Steelers. Because that, to me, is the greatest sign of of consistency. In my lifetime, there have been, I believe, two head coaches. And may, there might have been three, but like, think about it. Chuck Knoll, um, Dave Wan, not Dave Wanstead, <laughs> Bill Cower, Bill Dave Wanstead. They both have both both have uh, mustaches, I think. But but uh, Bill Cower. And then after him, of course, Mike Tomlin. I mean, I only remember two of those. I don't remember Chuck Knoll. I just know the two, the two coaches in the entire time of my life existence in Cower and and Mike Tomlin. That's amazing in today's day and age. Sticking with a coach. You just don't see that anymore. You know, growing up, you know, through my lifetime, there was Bob Devaney and Tom Osborne at Nebraska, and then there was Frank Solich. But ever, but ever since Tom Osborne left, it's been a revolving door of head coaches there at Nebraska. It's always been that way. And why do you think Nebraska struggled so much? Because they can't find a coach that they like good enough for long enough to stick around and do the job correctly. And it's not really Nebraska's fans' fault. It's more administration that got that whole thing screwed up. But nonetheless... Like I said, you just look at the Raiders. 12 different head coaches in 20 seasons. Uh, By the way, former New York Giants linebacker and Arizona State defensive coordinator Antonio Pierce is going to be the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. I I don't know if this is going to change anything or not. I doubt it. They'll be looking for new coaches. The one thing that stands out to me, and I saw it on a TV show yesterday that they were talking about before this even happened, was you know the Raiders are very well known, at least last few years, with with Davis, the owner, you know, they, they love to go back through old coaches. They want to go through coaches that have NFL coaching experience. Maybe they had, maybe they had success. Maybe they didn't, you know, John Gruden, a prime example of that before. And then here you have Josh McDaniels, who was, you know, a coach at Denver and then failed there, went back to the Belichick tree, was there for a while, then got a second chance. There's nothing wrong with with going to coaches that have NFL experience. I mean, the Broncos have done that. You know, going to Sean Payton. You know, you can you can do it. Uh, it's it's definitely not in the trend of having you know the the new up and coming head coach. That's the way I want to put it. I guess 
you know, the Mike McDaniels and the Sean McVeighs back in the time. It's definitely not the same as it's been in, as, as what it is right now. I mean, going to, and that's, I don't know, is that where Davis is going to go? Is he going to go for the young, hot, up and comer? You know, you look at all the, I mean, Nick Sirianni, uh, I'm trying to think of who else is well out there. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see about, uh, all that uh, going forward on where the Raiders go. Uh, Texter texting in about the Iowa athletic director firing offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz. Um, And head coach Kirk Ferentz wouldn't commit to being their coach next year. Uh, Yeah, that's if you don't know the backstory on this, thank you, uh, Texter Chase, for texting in. Uh, But the the funny, the storyline that's, if people don't know that storyline, so... Iowa's had a horrifically bad offense for Iowa University. The Hawkeyes have had, have, st- have had a horrifically bad offense for many years now. Very bad. Very, very bad. And so, the, before this year, there was a stipulation put into the offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz's contract, which, by the way, Kirk Ferentz is the head coach. Brian Ferentz is the offensive coordinator. So, it is Brian Ferentz would be Kirk Ferentz's son, for those who don't know. But there was a stipulation put in the contract that said if Iowa doesn't average 25 points per game, and that can be at that can be those can be points from the offense, points from the defense, points from the special teams. Which if you don't know, follow Iowa football, they score a lot of points on special teams and defense because they're elites in those areas. But the offense has been horrific for the for many for a handful of years now. And so there was a stipulation put into the contract that said, okay, if you don't average 25 points per game, we're going to let you go. And that actually came to fruition. They're not going to average 25 points per game this year. In fact, I don't know if people know this, but Northwestern Iowa this weekend from Wrigley Field is the lowest combined total points uh, score ever set at 29.5 points. I mean, Iowa has horrific offense right now. Now, they are playing pretty much a third-string quarterback. That doesn't help a whole lot. They don't have a lot of weapons on the outside or in the backfield. Their line is shaky in comparison to previous years when it's been pretty good to cover up some of those bad areas. doesn't matter. Brian Ferentz is going to be out. And Kirk, I think, is mad about that. Understandably so that his, you know, he doesn't really get to make that call being the head football coach. So Kirk may be out. And that Iowa job may open up possibly because of that. Oh, there's plenty of candidates who would probably take that Iowa job. And honestly, one of them is sitting right here in this state. That might be, uh, that possibly might be our good friend Chris Kleiman. I'm not saying he'll leave Kansas State for that job. I don't know that for a fact, but he is an Iowa guy, and that may be a job that he might be interested in. Once again, it depends on how much his love with Gene Taylor carries, because um, he could go make a, a lot, uh, another big, even bigger money over at Iowa. That could be a job that Chris Kleiman might take at Iowa if Kirk Ferentz and that job opens up. We'll see. Who knows? That's a uh, that, but that's a great point made by a texter. Is that Chase is that? Hey, you know what? There are great coaches that have been at places for a very long time, had a lot of sustained uh, success, or have you know have kept their jobs for a very very long time. And it's impressive that they've done that. I think Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured Division One football coach by quite a ways now. One of the last ones because people just people don't have the patience anymore. Don't have the patience. Transfer portal NIL has changed that even more. But the fact of, you know, being able to bring in a whole brand new roster, just like Colorado did this year, which credit to Deion Sanders. He went out and pretty much got a whole brand new roster 
and had them going in the right direction very early on in the season and surprised a lot of teams that thought they were going to be bad. And they surprised a lot of teams and hung tough with a lot of teams. You know, now they're, they've kind of hit their wall because they don't have a lot of depth. That's what happens when you completely flip a roster and lose a lot of key pieces. That's going to happen. But still, a tip of the cap to Dion, and, and you know next year he'll bring in a whole other slew of players to add to the players that he's able to keep around this year, and they'll be a better football team because of it. But, you know, people have lost their patience. You know, they, they see, they, especially big time, they see programs like, uh, you know, when Urban Meyer went to Florida or when he went to Ohio State, they see these great coaches go to these places and win right away, go from being, you know, mediocre 500 teams to all of a sudden uh, on the cusp of national championships. That kind of stuff happens. So we'll see about that um, going forward. We'll see about that going forward on, on what it changes for for coaches and things. Like I said, Josh McDaniels stuff make a change. Also, real quick, before we get to a break, uh, NFL trade deadline ended up happening. Nothing happened for the Chiefs or the Broncos. Uh, I don't think it was a humongous surprise that neither did, although it probably something probably should happen for the Chiefs to try to bring in some more wide receivers. But they're going to stick with what they got, and, and maybe that's going to pan out in the long run. Maybe it will. But so far, it's been a very, very tough very tough road for for the Chiefs wide receivers. So we'll see about that going forward for the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos stay put. Uh, there were a few big names that were moved. The biggest one being Chase Young, defensive end for the Washington Commanders. He was traded for a third-round pick. So a first-round selection going for a third-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers, who are just reeling in pass-rushing specialists. They absolutely are. Remember, they, they traded and got Randy Gregory from the Broncos. Now they have Chase Young. You add that with Bosa. They've got a lot of pieces to rush up front now. Uh, their, their secondary has been a little shaky, a little questionable there in San Francisco, so they're bringing in more pass rush to try to help out that shaky, that shaky secondary and force quarterbacks to throw the ball a little bit sooner than they want to. Looks to be the game plan there. And boy, the Niners just seem to be on top of the world. They seem to be making all the right moves when it comes to bringing in pieces. And they're kind of turning into the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. Finding these brown, these open box specials. Bringing guys in uh, that, that, that are good players. Just haven't had success in spots. Bringing them in and probably going to help them find success with San Francisco. That happened. And then Montez Sweat, also a Washington commander. As uh, commanders had a bit of a fire sale. Uh, they he traded to the Bears as the Bears got a little bit of help on the defensive line, although they're kind of in the same boat as Washington. Like, they need to be giving away draft picks. They need to be bringing pieces in. But those are both young, pass-rushing guys for the Commanders. And they can go to other teams and hopefully have success there. We'll see. But that happened yesterday with the NFL trade deadline coming to a close. All right, let's get to a break. When we come back, we will get to our college football power five. That is next. Like I mentioned earlier, a great weekend of college football. We'll get to that next here on the Morning Blitz. 